Operabi podcast, dedicated to points of view, challenges, experiences, and best practices for managing your enterprise data. Operabi is the data intelligence and automation platform that empowers organizations to truly control and leverage their data without complexity. Welcome to another Operabi podcast. My name is Daryl Richardson. I'm the chief platform evangelist for Operabi, and I have Beth Winters back with me for the second installment of the GDPR checklist for Operavi customers. Um, Beth, you want to say hi? Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me, <laughs> Daryl. Great to be back. Always, always a pleasure. Um, so today we're going to continue the checklist um, and we're going to talk about uh, the data security aspect of the checklist. So data security to me is, you know, because I, you know, I have a security background as well since I came from a large company that had security focus and then moved into intelligence and governance. So um, the security of privacy data is the main reason that, that I see that laws like GDPR have been created. Um, if you look at all the data breaches and on, unauthorized use of the personal data, I mean, this has, to me, caused the reaction in the world to create these privacy laws. Protecting the data is one action that's needed. However, managing the data and knowing where the data is, is the first step in becoming security aware. What do you think about that, um, Beth? I mean, uh, you know, what's your experience with the security of this type of information? Right. Well, I, I agree that that is the main impetus for the creation of these laws. Um, things, uh, things like the Equifax breach, um, there's been a lot of security uh, breaches that have exposed the personal information of customers and really started to erode their trust. Um, and we needed these laws to make sure that companies were doing their due diligence to make sure that they had security measures in place um, to both protect against threats and figure out uh, when a breach occurs and then, you know, respond appropriately. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always looked at, you know, Operavi's platform as, you know, this beginning to understand the data. Um, you know, this is where you're going to start. You're going to collect everything. You're going to, you know, you know, understand where it's being stored and then understand who has the access. So once you understand that, you understand the data, now you can say, all right, now I need to protect this information because now this is the crucial stuff that if it does get breached or if it does get released, uh, you know, inadvertently or uh, maliciously, right? This is going to cause huge reputational or financial issues for, for our company. You know, so the first thing is that, that I, that, that the checklist says is to make security or make data security your number one priority at all times, right? You know, I mean, the data that's being collected, if you just look at how much, how much information you're giving some organization freely, you know, name, your, your name, your address, your phone numbers, your email addresses, you know, in some cases you're giving them, you know, your account numbers and, you know, um, you know, rarely would I think anybody ever ask for a social security number to be, you know, put in there. But, you know, in some cases in the future and in the past they have, you know, this, so the security aspect is, uh, it, it's actually outlined in a document called data protection by default, which is actually on the GDPR EU website and it's a really interesting document because it kind of outlines you know what you should be doing right you know so um you know what have, what have you guys what have you done in the past you know around the security and and you know how you prioritize security in your organization 
Um, well, security is definitely important uh, within any organization, data security. I mean, uh, um, a, as uh, from an HR side, um, there's a lot of training that, um, that gets implemented around data security and making sure that your uh, employees know how to uh, protect the, their endpoints. Um, against uh, security breaches and then notify um, the IT department if there is a breach. Um, but what I am really interested in um, as well as the, the, the part of um, this GDPR is, is that you need to take data protection into account at all times from the moment you begin developing a product to each time you process data. Um, so with, uh, with developing a product, people have been uh, rushing through, you know, through uh, the, these these waterfall cycles, um, agile. They're they're really just trying to get the product out the door, and they kind of um, add on security at the end. So I'm I'm really interested in the DevSecOps um, uh, trend that is to you know integrate security much sooner into the development process, into the the product process. Um, it's so important just to uh, make sure that you don't have security flaws in the uh, product itself um, because then you'll have to go patch them later on the back end and these, those patches may not be um, the best fix. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and, and you know, having um, the information in front of you, like the automation or the intelligence and automation platform, will be that single source of information. It helps you to locate that data and protect it at all times, right? You know, so um, it's interesting. So the, the second part of this is something that um, that I was actually surprised that they did this, but it's a great idea. I mean, to anonymize the data or proxy the data, right? You know, which means kind of make, you know, hide it from its original um requester or the or, or the source right you know so you're kind of moving it through this proxy and you know you're kind of stripping out all the important stuff and they're you're you're putting instead of john smith you're putting customer one right you know something like that so you're proxying it you know and kind of giving them maybe an id or something that doesn't relate directly back to that user which is a pretty good idea but if that's not possible because i i know how difficult that might be with a large organization but end-to-end -end encryption would be the way that i would go you know there's there's many different encryption technologies out there that people can use and, and a lot of them are in use today you know from communications from from people to people within the organization so um, so what is what's your experience on the anonymizing or um, or encryption aspect um, well having worked um, as a product marketing manager at CS disco which is an e-discovery company um, we were concerned with e-discovery and um, being able to redact data uh, when you are producing it in litigation settings. So um, it was really important to find the um, PII, the personally identifiable information, or anything that you know you just didn't want to disclose to the other side because of some sort of privilege, um, and redact it. But there are a lot of ways um, that you know just putting a black box over something won't redact the information completely from the file, especially if it's, you know, um, transferred electronically. Um, it doesn't delete it from the metadata, for instance. 
So at Disco, they, they had a tool that would, that would show you, you know, where it was in the metadata as well. So you could redact it from both spots and then also, you know, in, include it in the privilege log. Um, so coming at it from, from that side, really important um, in the litigation setting to, to be able to redact information. Um, but, um, you know, in, in big data in general, there's a lot of times when you'll want to anonymize personal data for um, when you're collecting data for, uh, for, for aggregation purposes. Um, you'll get a lot of information about different customers. Um, and if you kind of anonymize it and pull it all together to understand trends, then that's one way that you can kind of get around some rules about data collection. Um, and that's something that I saw when I was um, in product marketing at AT&T um, in IoT product marketing. Um, it's, you know, something that is an increasing trend in big data. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it'd be that difficult to, you know, associate all that information that your your consumer is giving you to a, um, a, a number that that anonymizes all that. Right. You know, but um, anyway, um, I, I digress. Yeah. You need, um, I mean, you just need you need an additional technology. Right. Yeah. To do that, to be able to redact and pseudonymize. And there's a lot of um, there's other solutions out there that do that, that, you know, work with our open API um, that can right. you know help enable that. Very cool. So the next topic is maintain a complete security posture for your internal team and ensure the enablement of these processes is understood and followed. Um, this is probably one of the most missed things that I've seen in most organizations. You know, they'll have these great plans in place and, and these processes and procedures, but the team itself just didn't either, they don't either don't understand it or they're not following it, right? And and a lot of this is where some of these breaches actually came from, you right. know? So, I mean, and I mean, this to me is, is number one, this is the biggest security flaw here is the people Absolutely. that are managing it. Well, it's all of the devices you know, that people have that they're using to access um, company information. So it's not just your laptop, but it's also your cell phone. It could be a tablet. Um, it could be like an IoT device. Um, but I think uh, what is also a security risk that's maybe not taken um, into consideration here is third parties um, that are a weak link that um, yeah. are a huge way that that um, information gets breached. So maybe it's not necessarily internally in your team, but you have an outside contractor who somehow has access to the data. And then um, they're, because they're a smaller company, they don't have as many security features in place. Um, there's uh, then there's a breach on that side from their you know either phishing um, from like you know a password um, getting hacked, and um, that third party management has become increasingly important as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and you know, one of the really easy things that organizations can do from Operavi's customer standpoint 
is how easy it is to train people how to find data quickly, to find the location where this stuff is stored, to look at the classification of this information. You know, a lot of this is user centric that people right. could actually do like on a daily process. As soon as they walk in, they get their they grab their coffee and they do a quick search of all new GDPR information that's based on their company, right? And well, so they I mean, understand where it is. Then you see where it is, too, and then you know who has access to that specific data point. Right. Um, or you can see if it's on endpoints, right? You can see if um, that information is on a on somebody's laptop or external device, and sure. uh, you can address the situation before it becomes... Um, a problem before you know that information can get disclosed right so the next topic here is uh, or the next part of the checklist is to have a scheduled time and date for the audits to take place right now they now regular audits or assessments or assessments of GDPR regulated data will ensure the organization stays compliant with the law but it will also help the employees to understand what this information is on a regular basis. So when a request comes in, they know exactly where to go. They know exactly what they're gonna search for. They've handled requests before, they've went through the processes, right? You know, so these audits, if they become a normal type operation for organizations, I think this will make the request much more efficient. Right, well, in addition to, you know, doing it uh, periodically, doing this type of audit called um, the data protection impact assessment, um, you would have to do it um, when you're when you when you meet certain conditions, right? So if you're, if you're using new technologies, um, if you start collecting new information about people, um, you should do another one of these. Yeah. And there's high-risk audits, too, you know, will help to identify that data that will certainly be a huge impact if there's a breach or some sort of inadvertent release of that information, right? You know, like those social security numbers or those account numbers or, you know, um, email addresses or whatever, right? So these, right. these things would, uh, you know, if you know where they're at, you know, it certainly help. That, that's kind of half the battle. Well, right, and also if you know, like, what, what has been breached, what data was there in the first place, then you can contact just those individuals whose data was breached, not the entire organization uh, of customers. So yeah. you would be, you know, liable for fewer, uh, fewer fines and penalties in the event that it's determined, um, you know, under a one of the data privacy laws like CCPA or GDPR that there was a breach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, so, and then yeah, you very know, much limits your limits your liability. Yeah, they the. Um... The platform's, you know, superior reporting capabilities as well, right? Because the cool thing about the the reports that you can create, like just just a simple, show me all the GDPR information that I have in my system, and run a report on that, and then store or export that report as a CSV file, or um, you know, make it into an Excel or a PDF file, and save that as this is the date of the audit and here's the results, right? And you save those files, so then you can always go back. It's like, well, you know, when did these new files get added, right? Versus, you know, so having these regularly scheduled audits and then saving the reports because that's what the platform allows you to do, it's gonna, be, it's gonna help the organization be so organized when there, there is some sort of breach or some issue. So um, yeah, very good. Um, so the last thing, is to have a plan in place to notify the proper authorities and your customers in the event of a data breach, 
right? So this this is pretty important, you know, because as soon as you recognize that there has been some breach, and a lot of these times organizations don't even know they've been breached until the media says something, right? I, mean, I, I know there's a couple of them out oh there that ha- that happen, you know, so, you know, it's, uh, but, you know, you have 72 hours to, to, to notify the proper authorities um, and to get that information out to your customers um, and understanding what data was breached, you know, back to your point, you know, so, um, and there's no specific process for non-EU-based organizations to notify authorities. So, you know, they should, um, those non-EU-based organizations should have a contact. Uh, it's actually recommended on the website to, to contact the Data Protection Commissioner in Ireland um, as the most efficient notification method. But there's also something, um, you know, that I that, that's going to come up in our next podcast, which is actually accountability and governance, which is where you actually assign... Uh, a local officer in the country, right? So you would have somebody there that can act on your behalf. But um, but yeah, that plan is going to be pretty important, right? Yeah. Right. So you need to you know have a system in place that allows you um, to first of all find that a breach occurred, uh, that personal data is exposed, um, and then notify them in a time notify some uh, some supervisory authority in a timely manner within your jurisdiction so that's usually like within 72 hours um, it's not a lot of time for companies to come up with like a statement or a response plan from a PR stand- point of view as well as to like contact um, their uh, customers whose information may have been breached or was breached um, and that's you know that's part of this uh, this data privacy law that you have to be able to do that. So one of the great things about Aparavi is again you can find that information. You can see whose data was breached, and then you get that you can get their contact information and and contact those people uh, within the this shortened time frame. Because these you know searches under um, on the Aparavi platform can be done so fast. Um, so lightning quick that, you know, even just to get up and running with Aparavi, um, you'll, you know, probably be able to do that within that 72 hour time period if you just get get up and rolling and um, get that information out there. Yeah, absolutely. This is um, this is really good information. And, uh, and again, Beth, I mean, thank you for your input because it's so valuable to have, you know, um, legal representation for some of these things and you're a recovering attorney as you said in the last podcast so <laughs> it's really uh, it's a great yeah. term you know and I'm, I'm really glad to have you on the team here at Opera because you know that adding that um, that legal aspect to you know the experience that we have as a company is really Thanks, valuable. Darryl. Yeah but, everybody's uh, been great um, at Opera and I, I love uh, being able to share my my legal background and my my legal knowledge with the team um, and you know, help people uh, to help our customers uh, to um, make their data uh, privacy policies uh, and ensure compliance. Yeah, very cool. Well, I want to thank you again, Beth. So um, this is part two of a four-part series. Um, the next one we will be doing is called Accountability and Governance. Um, it's part three of the checklist, um, but. Again, I am Daryl Richardson, the Chief Platform Evangelist for Operavi, and I want to thank everyone for listening, and stay tuned for our part three. So I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Operavi podcast. For more information, see operavi.com or contact us directly via email at info at operavi.com. 
You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter for the latest news, tips, and insights on data intelligence and automation. We'll be back soon with more, so if you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review, or share with a friend or colleague. Thanks, and see you soon.